and just been enjoying the blessings of that service from this weekend. Such a great presence of the Lord and just just a good spirit, man, just a good ministering spirit of the Lord. And uh, so I hope that you've uh, been letting the Lord write some new chapters in your book this week and getting yourself uh, ready to do something great for God. Let's stand to our feet tonight and just lift our hands and worship the Lord together before we get into the Word tonight. And don't hold nothing back. Just give it all to the Lord. I know it's Wednesday night and you've been at work, you're tired, it's the middle of the week. But tonight, let's just lift our hearts and lift our hands and worship the Lord. Amen. sure that we all know this song so let's just sing it together and just make it like a prayer tonight singing of the goodness of God how great he is how good he's been to us thank you Jesus I will sing of your goodness I will sing of your love though the seasons come quickly you have always been enough Though the night may get dark, though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. You are good. In the morning I'll say you are good. In the evening I'll say you are good you are good to me you have always been patient you have always been kind you're consistent through the ages oh what a friend of mine so i remind my soul to bless you standing firm upon your truth Knowing you cannot be shaken Cause I've seen what you can do And you are good In the morning I'll say you are good In the evening I'll say you are good You are good to me
You keep on getting better. 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 You are good. In the morning, I'll say you are good. In the evening, I'll say you are good. You are good to me. Every day gets sweeter, every day gets better, every day gets sweeter, every day gets better, every day gets sweeter, every day gets better, every day gets sweeter, every day gets better and better, every day gets sweeter, every day. great God. He is good. So thankful for his mercy, his grace tonight. Um, before we get into the word, let's have a word of prayer for those that are recovering tonight. My wife, number one, uh, Sister Becky Daniel as well. I'm, I made a mistake. I said she was home. She's not home. Uh, she thought they were going to send her home um, but uh, she messaged me. I guess she was watching live stream and heard me announce that. And she messaged me. She said, actually, they decided to keep me. Um, they were going to send her home, and she was not able to walk. Uh, but insurance stuff, you know. So, um, But her, one of her daughters got in touch with the doctor and told him, said, you know, there's just there's no way she can do that. So they were keeping her until they could get her somewhere else. So she does need strength to walk. So we need to pray for that. And then, like I say, my wife's still recovering from her surgery. And then Brother Josh also to recover from his surgery where he can get up and just move about. We want him to be able to do that. 
um, Gidget King, um, Sister Phyllis's sister-in-law. They have been here before. Uh, her nephew Taylor comes with her sometimes, but his grandmother passed this afternoon, his mother's mom, and so they asked that we would remember the family tonight. And so let's be praying for them. And then uh, London Streetman not feeling well. Uh, Marley has strep, I think. Uh, I've got that right. And so strep is going around again. So take care of yourself. Protect yourself. And uh, you know, I, I hadn't got a call for anybody saying they had COVID in a good while. Praise God. Uh, of course, I don't want them to have strep or the flu either, but, but it's just it's nice to hear something normal. You know, so uh, praying for all that are not feeling well tonight. They'll be better by the time Sunday rolls around. We want our people to be back in church. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, we ask you tonight to reach down and touch those that are recovering from surgeries, Lord. Give them strength in their bodies tonight, God. Bring healing and health to them. Lord, we rebuke sickness from those children that are sick tonight, God, and ask you to heal protect the rest of their families, keep them well. And Lord, bless those families that are grieving tonight, the loss of their loved one. We're going to praise you because we know you're the God of all comfort. Bless everything done in this service tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God. While you're standing, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 9. Verses 14 and 15 tonight, and we'll get into a lesson. I don't, I don't know how long this will be tonight, but it's been something on my heart for, I don't know, a couple of months now, and just haven't felt a release to, to teach on it and preach on it, so... Uh, tonight or today, I was over here looking and studying and looking at some different things, and man, the Lord would just not let me get away from this tonight, so we'll see what he's, what he's going to say to us. Romans 9, 14 and 15, Paul writing to the church, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And tonight I want to teach for just a few moments on this thought, stumbling over mercy. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for being here with us, Lord, in this house. Thank you for your presence. Let our hearts receive this word. Let our ears hear what the Spirit would say to the church tonight, God, that we will be better, be more like you, to be kingdom-minded, God. We ask this tonight in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, I don't know if you know how to, if you could give me just a smidge more volume, just I can't hear myself very well up here tonight. Just give me just a little more volume. I think I'll be all right. Stumbling over mercy. As I said a couple of months ago, there was some things going on that um, were troubling my mind. And I was beginning to feel a certain way. 
And I'll just be honest, it probably wasn't the right way to feel over some things that were happening. And, and uh, I was just felt myself not in a good spot, especially not a spot I should be as a, as a pastor or, or not as a, even a child of God. But the Lord reminded me, I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. And he began to take me through some things, and I began to understand. And I'll tell you this, you'll save yourself a lot of grief in this life if you'll just leave mercy to God. Hebrews 12, Paul, or the writer in Hebrews, rather. Some think it's Paul, but not really sure, but... Uh, Hebrews 12 1 tells us that as children of God we are running a race and that along with running this race I should take certain measures to ensure that I don't let anything ruin my run I don't want nothing ruining my race and so the writer said you need to lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us when Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, he said this in Galatians 5, 7, and 8. He said, you did run well, but who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Because this persuasion does not come from him that called you. So whatever has caused you to stumble, it's not from the Lord. And I can promise you if we are stumbling over mercy, that it's not from the Lord. Uh, withholding mercy from anybody is not God's way. And I hope that our stumbling will not be, I don't want us to stumble over anything, but I surely hope we don't stumble over God's mercy. It is the thing that is so precious about God is his mercy. His mercy, the scripture says, endures forever. It says his mercy is new every morning. And in Lamentations, it says that his mercies are the reason that we are not consumed. In other words, when we have done our best to just make a mess of things, we're still here because God has mercy. The Lord is the creator and originator of all things. That means he is the originator of mercy. Yeah, if nobody ever loved anybody before him... We love him because he first loved us. You, you're not going to have mercy on anybody before God had mercy on you. He's the originator. And if I want mercy, then I must give mercy. Matthew 5, Jesus said this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so I realized when I began to read about these statements about mercy that if God can have mercy on me, then I can't and I don't have any reason to deny mercy to anyone. Hear what I'm saying. I said, if God can have mercy on me or you or anybody else, no human alive has any reason to deny mercy to anybody else. Doesn't matter who they are. For me to be in alignment with God and his kingdom, I must be able to back his outpouring of mercy. 
Can I get behind God when he, it's easy to, uh, to praise God when he's healing people. Yeah. Or it's easy to praise God when he's uh, filling people with the Holy Ghost, when he's opening blinded eyes, when he's raising people from the dead. But, but can we praise him when he has mercy? Can I get behind God when he's having mercy on people that I kind of scratch my head at? I don't want to stumble over mercy. I, I don't want to stumble over God being good to people because he's been good to me. And he's had mercy on me when I didn't deserve mercy. Oh, oh no, he, he's, had, he's loved me when I didn't deserve being loved. He, he, he's had mercy on me when maybe some people were scratching their head about me. I must be able to back his outpouring of mercy no matter who it is given to. Now, mercy... It's very easy to preach, and it's very easy to give if it does not involve us personally. If, if it's to someone who has not hurt us or wronged us or lied about us or gossiped about us, you know, when it's somebody who just walks in and they're in church one day and they're praying in the altar, man, we're, we're down there pouring mercy all over them. God loves you. He'll forgive anything. Just lay it down. He's got something for you. There's better days coming. God's going to reach out. God's going to touch you. But if that individual that wronged you walks in, what are they doing here? And they got some nerve lifting their hands. They got some nerve crying and shouting and dancing and they just ran around this room I can't believe well maybe it's not nerve maybe it's just they found mercy somewhere outside of your scope because people can find mercy away from us people can find mercy in places where we're not at and it ain't up to us I don't have to accept Oh, that they've had mercy. God's going to have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. I, don't, I may not understand how God could have mercy on them, but, but why? He had mercy on me. Why is it so hard for me to believe that he would have? Well, God, you know what they did. Yeah, and I know what you did. So, so, so what's, the, what's the issue here? I don't want to stumble over mercy. Sometimes people will do things that wound us and then they just disappear, they leave us or whatever it's a, you know, and you're like, man I can't believe how this happened, you're broken hearted and then oh, next thing you know you, you see a picture on Facebook and, or you see a, a video clip from them and they're, you know, there they are they're on somebody else's platform or they're out doing outreach somewhere or, they're, or either they may be preaching and you're like they got some nerve. No, it ain't nerve. It's God's mercy. Because people can find a place to get right with God. And sometimes it may not be right next to you. God's going to have mercy on who he's going to have mercy. It is easy mm, to get in your feelings and be upset and to, to have that knot in your stomach every time you see them. And, and feel but let me ask you as bad as you could ever have been hurt do you really ever want to see anybody lost 
No, we don't. No, we, 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 want, we want forgiveness. We want somebody to acknowledge, hey, I was wounded. We, we want somebody to acknowledge I was walked on and, and treated bad. But, you know, God knows. And they can come to God sincerely without our approval. And God can say, I forgive you. And I love you. And I'll have mercy on you. And the next time you see them and they're shouting and dancing and jumping, it's not because they got a lot of nerve. It's because they got some mercy. I don't want to stumble over God's mercy. I want to read uh, this Psalm 51. David wrote this psalm after the prophet Nathan had come to him about the sin he was caught up in with Bathsheba. He said, have mercy upon me, O God. Man, David had done something awful. But he said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin, blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore Unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach sinners or transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips. And my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Now how do you think... Well, let me just tell you, in case you don't know why David's writing this, David had committed adultery with a woman, Bathsheba, and she conceived a child. And to cover up the sin, he sent her husband, Uriah, into the hottest part of the battle so that he could be killed, so he could hide the sin. So when you read this psalm here, and you read about David who had had a man killed, who had committed adultery, and a child died because of that. All these things, and yet, how do you think Uriah's family felt about the king? How do you think they felt when they heard people say, Long live the king. You mean the king that killed my son? That king? I can't believe he's still king. 
I can't believe he, that he would open his mouth and show forth praise. I can't believe he's saying, Lord, give me joy after what he's done. I can't believe he's, he's talking about, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me and all these things. And I, I can't believe he's got the nerve to approach God after what he did. But God didn't ask for anybody else's approval. and God didn't ask for anybody else's permission. I mean, they, they were probably like, how dare David even ask for forgiveness? But David was still the king. And he was still a man after God's own heart. And God still loved David. It might have been hard for Uriah's mom and dad or brothers or sisters to understand. But God's going to have mercy on who he's going to have mercy. I don't want to stumble over God's mercy. In verse 13 he says, Then will I teach. Would you let David teach you? See, it's easy for us to celebrate David because David didn't do nothing to us personally. He didn't kill nobody in my family. No. Uh, boy, I want to worship like David. I want to shout like David. I want to kill giants like David. Man, David's awesome. David's a man after God's own heart. David killed somebody. Yeah, but that's just, a, it's in the Bible, and that was a long time ago, and I'm just. So I'll have mercy on David. Because David, I've never seen him. I've just read about him. And I like to read the highlights. And I just think about how what a worshiper he was. And that, that. Yeah, he's a worshiper. He's a forgiven killer. But he was a, he was a killer. And God had mercy on him. And I'm sure if you believe that everyone in Israel was happy about that decision... I think not. But what I'm saying is that David said, hey, God, after all this mercy and forgiveness that you give me, then I'm going to start teaching people. And the Lord asked me that question. He said, would you let David teach you? Would you, as, his, as Uriah's mom or dad, sit down in front of him and listen to what he had to say? Could you open your mouth and say, long live the king? Would you stumble over my mercy? You know, I know in this life, it, it, pastor gets caught in some kind of mess, has an affair, something to deal with money, something happens, and people say, I won't never hear another word he says. Hmm. But I'm telling you, God's going to have mercy on whomever he wishes to. And I can back that mercy and be blessed, or I can stumble over it. I know a man that he's a great preacher. Man, he's a great preacher. He made a mistake in his life. And there's people that won't talk to him, won't hear nothing he's got to say, and doesn't think he even has the right to ever uh, stand in a pulpit or preach again. Now, that may be hard to accept. And we may never have the same trust in them that we did before. But you and I have no authority to revoke their calling. We have no authority to remove their anointing. 
David was still anointed of God. In Romans eleven twenty nine, we are reminded for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I know and believe that as children of God, we should hold ourselves to a higher standard if we can. But I also know that even great and good men, according to Scripture, will stumble and fall. And yet you read about them in the book of Hebrews in the faith chapter because you realize that God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And if I'm going to be able to allow God's mercy on people that I never met but just read about, I'm going to have to also allow God to have mercy on people that I do know. Would you let David teach him? How do you think Stephen's parents felt when Paul came to preach revival? How about those people that he locked up, threw in prison, had them whipped, caused them to you know, recant on the name of the Lord, all the kind of things that he did? How do you think when he comes strolling into town, let me tell you something about the Lord. You ain't telling me nothing. And God could have killed him. But instead, God said, he is a chosen vessel. Because God's going to have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And he's going to have compassion on whom he'll have compassion. And you can stumble over that or you can just get behind it. We're going to have to get behind it because I don't get to delegate God's mercy. And people can get right with God without getting right with you. And you say, wait a minute, you mean they don't have to be sorry about what they've done? No, that's not what I'm saying. David was sorry about what he did. But he did not have to be forgiven by Uriah's parents. Or anybody else in that family or anybody else in Israel for God to forgive him. If they want to hold a grudge, that's up to them. They'll stumble. And sometimes it hurts and we want to hold a grudge. And you look at them, you think, look at them smiling and laughing and worshiping and preaching and just living for God. Just acting like they didn't do nothing. No, they're not acting like they didn't do nothing. They're acting like God had mercy on them. David said, my sin is always before me. I'm sure he didn't shut his eyes at night that he did not see Uriah's face. I'm sure in his old age that that dream haunted him. I cannot believe I did that, what I did, but God had mercy. And so I don't want to stumble over God having mercy on somebody. Because, hey, guess what? We're going to get hurt. We're going to get heartbroken. We're going to get done just dirty and wrong. And then that individual is going to find somewhere, someplace, an altar of repentance, whether it's by their bedside or in a church somewhere. And God's going to have mercy on them, and they're going to lift their hands and speak in tongues and worship God, and, and they're going to make it to heaven because God's going to have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. And it's, it's tough. 
I can tell you right now, when you're a pastor, it's tough. It's tough for people to walk out of your life that you invested in and not even speak to you, not even tell you they go and just quit showing up, but then show up somewhere else. And you want to be upset and you want to be mad and you want to, but you know what? I look around and start counting what's going on in my life and I realize I'm not missing nothing. God's going to have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. And if they get somewhere else where they can serve God and make it to heaven, thank you, Jesus, that they can. Because I don't want to stumble over one of the greatest blessings in my life, and that's God's mercy. I don't want to think that God can have mercy on me, but he can't have mercy on nobody else. Where's that pen dropping at? God's people, and the reason I'm preaching this to a, to a church full of people, of God's people, is because historically God's people always had a problem with mercy. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, in verse 26, it said, When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, and he commits iniquity, and he dies in them, for his iniquity that he has done, he'll die. But again, when the wicked man turns away from his wickedness that he has committed, he does that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Because he considereth and turns away from all his transgressions that he has committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. That's just not right, God. A righteous man ought to be allowed to make mistakes and you not say nothing about it. But wicked people are just wicked and they shouldn't be forgiven. That's what Israel was saying. It was, was it right for God to forgive uh, the wicked man and then uh, not for, forgive the righteous man? It was not right. So they said, your way is not equal. But he said, oh, house of Israel, are not my ways equal and are not your ways unequal? Here's God's mindset toward it. Verse 23. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? It's amazing how much mercy God has. And that even though he is angry at sin and angry with the wicked, he would rather give them a chance than see them perish. He warns people. Be careful what you say to my people. He told one man, he said, the people that bless you, I'll bless. The ones that curse you, I'll curse. It warns us, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. We know that God really looks after his people, but he knows, hey, you're still going to have stuff in your life. People are going to come against you. It's going to happen. And that doesn't mean we just... Knock them in the head and kick them off the, the curb and say, that's it, you're gone, you're done. How many times have we said, man, I'm so glad God didn't just throw me to the curb when that happened. Well, I have to realize that can't just be applied to my life, but I have to be on God's side with that and say, and I have to be able to say, yeah, God, don't throw them away. Give them another shot. Give them a chance. Make sure that they make it, Lord. Do whatever you have to, but just make sure they, they make it. 
in Matthew chapter 9, you see how that hundreds of years later, the Pharisees, God's people, still had a problem with mercy. They said, they wanted to know, why is your master, why is Jesus sitting with publicans and sinners? Why is he eating with them? And when Jesus heard it, he said, well, they that behold don't need a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. He's still wrapped in flesh, walking this earth. God's still saying, I will have mercy. They didn't like the people he was sitting with. They didn't like the, what they did, who they were. He's supposed to be your master. He's supposed to be this great rabbi. He's supposed to be, why is he sitting with them? Because God's going to have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. And God's people don't get to decide or delegate God's mercy. We just have to get on board with it and get on side with it. Jesus is actually referencing the prophet Hosea when he said, the Lord said through the prophet, for I desired mercy and not sacrifice and Listen, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. I think God wants us to know some things about him. And number one is he's going to have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. And I said earlier that you'll save yourself a lot of grief if you'll just get this principle. Because then you'll stop worrying about people who are shouting somewhere else, worshiping somewhere else doing their best to serve God somewhere else. You, you'll stop being hurt and upset because you realize, hey, the tables could be turned. Well, I would never do what they did. No, but you'll do something else. That needs God's mercy. And aren't you glad that he has mercy and that all the ones who know what you did say, I still love you too. If God's going to have mercy, I'm going to have mercy. Because... I need mercy too. What does the scripture say that we should do? Do justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with our God. I don't want to stumble over mercy. Because God has already said, I'm going to have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I'm going to have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. And he knows the hurt you suffered. But what about all the hurt that the Lord suffered, and yet he still died for everybody? He, he died for those he was having mercy on. For those that would have no mercy on him, he had mercy still. Years ago, I was at a, a conference in North Carolina. And there was a young man in the altar praying. He'd been having a tough time. I knew him personally, knew who he was, having a rough time. But he was praying that night, and he was crying. And, man, people were, you know, it's a, like a youth conference, people all over him, man. He, he ain't got no hope but to get the Holy Ghost because they're going to keep him there till he did. And they were praying with him and going and praying. And, man, all of a sudden, God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and he hit the floor, rolling across the floor, speaking in tongues, and just crying and praying. And, and I was just watching. I was rejoicing with him. And this felt somebody come up beside me. I turned to this young lady. She said, 
Now I know that God really loves everybody and has mercy on everybody because he just filled the young man who raped me with the Holy Ghost. And she was crying, but she was crying tears of joy. That's tough to see somebody who had done something like that and and then see God fill them with the Holy Ghost and watch them shouting and rejoicing and and maybe in your mind all you could think about was what they took from you. But it's about what God just gave them. That's when you read that list in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 10, a lot of bad characters in that list and their sins are not contained in their own life it it hurt others but God had mercy on them and said now you're washed now you're sanctified now you're justified God had mercy on them Paul recognized he was the chiefest of sinners but he also knew that God had had mercy on him and maybe not everybody approved of it but it didn't stop it from being just as powerful as it had ever been. Everybody may not be on board with your conversion because they remember your past and who you used to be, but when God has mercy, it works. And so, I don't know. I just know that the Lord laid this heavy on my heart today. And if I... What I'm telling you, saints, is this, is that I don't want to see anybody stumbling over anything. I want you to to beat the devil, walk on his head. I want you to overcome sin. But I sure do not want to see you stumble over God's mercy. Don't ever let that root of bitterness get up in you that you can't have mercy on people. Or maybe we, you can stand with me. I told you I wouldn't be long tonight. You can stand with me. Or maybe I should just remember it like this in Second Second Peter 3 and 9. Peter said, the Lord is not. Now, he's writing about the coming of the Lord. But the principle in here of God's wishes. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Well, I can tell you, mercy is a promise. He said, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. God is long-suffering. That, that's, that's the quality of mercy. He doesn't have to be. He could just cut us off, but instead, he's long-suffering. In other words, he endures us. He puts up with us. Why, why would God put up with us? Because he's not willing that any should perish but they they should all come to repentance. Now, if he's not willing, then neither should I be willing. If he doesn't want any, he does not want the person that wounded me to perish. God loves me. I'm his child. I'm filled with his spirit. And he does not like for people to hurt his children. But he's not going to just start sending fire from heaven on people that hurt us. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to be good to them. Because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. 
And his will is that they would all come to repentance. So if he wants them all to get there, he's going to be good to all. I hope you never have experienced anything as tragic as that young lady, that someone would harm another person like that. But I have no doubt that God let her watch that and see that to teach her something. That it's not my will that any perish. And it's awful what he did. And he'll never forget what he did. His sin, like David said, will always be before him. But I can have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. Because I don't want anybody to perish. So let's don't stumble over God's mercy. Let's get behind it. And if you can do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of grief. Because oftentimes, oftentimes it will overcome us and cause us to post something or say something or do something that we wish we had never done. So don't let it get the best of you. Let's come and find a place tonight in the altar and let's pray and ask God, just search me, Lord. And if I've withheld mercy, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that anymore. If I've been unforgiving towards somebody, then Lord, I'm sorry. I won't be that way anymore. But I'm going to have mercy on whomever you have mercy. In Jesus' name.